Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Ryan Klaus. He's the director of sales at Qubit. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. Happy to be here. Excited to have you. So Ryan, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Ryan Klaus. I'm the director of sales here at Qubit. Um, I originally joined uh, in the middle of COVID in July of 2020, um, right after Qubit first went to market. Um, started off as an advisor here and really just expanded on my on my whole experience with doing um, outbound sales in the enterprise space. Um, since then, um, we've grown from being a seed stage startup to having completed our Series A last year. Um, and that's been about 250% growth year over year so far. So it's been a wonderful ride with a great team. That's fantastic. That's interesting. So it sounds like you've had an interesting journey leading you up to where you are now. Mm-hmm. A little bit more about, you know, Qubit. Yeah. I mean, for Qubit, when you think about what we do here, it's the first uh, warehouse native product analytics tool. Um, all of this requires like zero ETL because we're gonna deliver those live insights from your custom data model by leveraging your clickstream events and and your operational data dynamically. So what this does is it's gonna eliminate the data silos and any of those complex batch jobs. Um, We bring kind of that structure and discipline into self-service analytics with extensive data governance and collaboration features. Um, And this is why I think we've become so attractive to so many enterprise customers um, starting off in the streaming space with uh, Paramount and a number of their brands, um, and then like Televisa Univision, their streaming brands, along with other shopping brands like Wish and List, to name a few. And why is it so important for your your customers to utilize Qubit and, and understand kind of what, what's going on? Yeah, so when you think about any digital app, any digital product, there's um, everything is made with um, data is driving all decisions. So it's it's not as important to use Qubit, but to use the function of what Qubit allows you to do. And what that function is, is allowing you to have a single source of truth. So mm-hmm. when you think about any well-run um, company, they're gonna have their data generally on a data platform. It used to be called a data warehouse, and then the jargon is constantly changing there. And what we see is that they just want to be able to have a live look at at their data model, all the events they're collecting, what are people up to, if a new feature is released, um, where are are people having any problems? Are they getting caught up um, on on a new home screen? Um, Mm -hmm. Because with any app that you have, with anything that you use on your phone on a daily basis, when you open that app, you open it with a desired outcome whether it be ordering food, ordering a ride, or ordering clothes. Um, a lot of this, a lot of all of these digital products, including streaming apps, you want to be able to kind of discover what you're looking for in the most efficient way possible. Hmm, interesting. So it sounds like, you know, taking that, being that single source of truth and really working to improve communication is the root of, of Qubit. Am I right in that? Yeah, so it's not about us being a single source of truth. It's about our customers having a single source of truth. And that's what is really the the crux of what I see in the market where people are going towards because all of their apps should plug into that data platform. And that is their single source of truth. The difference of what we do in the market is we do not take possession of any of your data. 
if you want to look at it from a kind of a simplistic view, think of that data platform as like that main Lego block, and we simply plug in on top of it. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's a good analogy. I like that. So when you're talking about your clients, do you tend to see trends in, you know, I, I understand, you know, where Qubit roots in, but trends in size companies or anything like that? Yeah, I'd say the overarching trend is um, the larger uh, companies that, that are around because they're the ones who have the resources on the data science part to really be leveraging um, kind of a single source of truth. I think when you look at um, startups to kind of mid-market startups, so ones that have great traction, uh, they, they sometimes need another tool to collect the events for them. They don't necessarily always want to dump that into a single data model because a single data model takes um, a very, very skilled and talented team to bit to build, and the architecture needs to be correct and maintained. And if you are growing at a fast clip, a lot of that is an ever evolving situation. So we typically work with companies that have about uh, 500 million plus in revenue, um, and you're going to be seeing kind of teams, uh, total team size around 100 plus. Okay. Okay. And, you know, when you're talking about that, it sounds, you know, going back to companies struggling with having that single source of truth, it sounds like that's really the, the major issue that your clients are having before they start working with Qubit. Am I right in that? Yeah. And that's really what you saw with um, the, all these cloud data warehouses coming to, coming to market. I mean, to name a few, you have Snowflake, Databricks, and then GCP. These are what I, uh, when I'm referring to data platforms, what I'm really talking about. And it's, um, this has been now a trend for the last decade. And that's where we've, there's just been a ton of tailwinds for us. And that was really what, going back to kind of my origin story to getting into Qubit, that was kind of my thesis that I was chasing, is that I saw all the professional services that were, that were required to use a number of the legacy analytics tools. Um, and what I, what my thesis was, is that going forward, anyone who puts a major investment into a data platform, being those ones that I named like Snowflake, BigQuery, or Databricks, they're going to want to leverage that investment. They're not going to want to duplicate those efforts and then maintain data silos because the whole, the whole point of moving to a data platform is to leverage the ecosystem of other apps that can plug into those data platforms of, of which Cuba is just one of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously there are, there are other companies in, within the industry. So how is Cuba able to stand out from its competition? I think it's just the fact of when we started, we started after these data platforms had become kind of the standard in the market. And after um, the technology that they use called data sharing became a thing. And what data sharing allows you to do is allows you to share storage being everything stored in their data model, but separate compute. So when you think of that, when you're using Qubit for product analytics and you're trying to understand your customer's journey, um, how they move through your digital product, um, <clears throat> all of that compute for asking those questions and running those queries does not hit your, um, like your SLA. So you are not being charged more for using your data where before, if you were querying directly in your data platform, any mistake in writing the raw SQL could result in a very, very expensive query. And that's where what we see is this is this has been better understood kind of in the enterprise space 
And that's why we've taken a unique approach of coming down market. So starting with these larger companies and then moving down um, to help some of the more innovative startups come into market. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, you know, Ryan, I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. talking about common misconceptions, people think that they, you know, understand kind of, you know, how everything works. And I'm curious yeah. if, if, you know, if there's anything not necessarily about Qubit, but maybe the industry in general, or, you know, the platform, is there anything that, you know, stands out when I ask about common misconceptions? I think the biggest thing that stands out is that, um, performance is not as big of a factor as people think. So when you're when you're plugging into your own data model, the biggest thing people worry is they're like, so how are you tuning this for performance? Because when I write these queries, it could take 30 minutes to an hour. What I think people don't understand is that with what Qubit's doing for kind of technical and non-technical users is um, for non-technical users, we're data science in a box, right? So for your product marketing teams, but then for data scientists, they're taking all the optimized SQL that we're writing and they're able to get the SQL behind every query. So the misconception that SQL, any SQL query is going to take a long time is generally because it's not optimized. And what and how we are able to optimize that is kind of just with a very lightweight mapping because we're going to understand how the data is joined. What are the relationships? And from that, that's how we're able to kind of to make sure that you're getting all these queries back in under a minute. And this is this can extend to longer periods of time if you're looking at larger data sets to a year plus. But if you think about it, really it's the workflow that is going to speed up kind of your time to insights. And that's what we think about our value prop is how we can um, decrease the time to insights so people can iterate off of questions. And I think that misconception is somewhat driven by the old kind of hub and spoke model of having analysts support teams. So with before, when someone had to kind of rack their brain of what's the perfect question to, to put in the queue for an analyst, with Qubit, you are, dry, you are continuously iterating on that hypothesis you have. Then when you find something interesting within our kind of collaboration pl- uh, suite, you can share that with an analyst who now can see kind of your full sort of thought process and then the SQL behind it. So they can go grab that data and understand exactly what you meant and what you were looking for, and then kind of help guide you in the direction. But all of this is now done in an iterative process that takes minutes rather than hours or days. Hmm. And I imagine getting that time back is crucial for for your clients. Yeah, and I think as we're just seeing with the kind of macro economy, with companies realizing that they don't need as much of middle management or decreasing team size, everyone needs to be empowered to search for answers themselves rather than rely on other people to do that work for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm kind of continuing to build on, build on the idea of, you know, in, improving the performance, saving time. I imagine that in your role specifically as director of sales, you've worked to build out the company's growth as well. Mm-hmm. So keeping in, you know, obviously with the importance on performance and, you know, time to that time to that single truth, talk to me a little bit about what your growth um, and how you've worked to grow the company as well within Qubit. Yeah. So really it started with proving out that this is something that had a that product market fit, right? When you're looking at how we think about really company growth, it's more about how many customers can we serve with expending as little resources as possible. And I think if in the 
when we were raising our Series A as with the growth trajectory we had, and um, and basically over doubling each year, is you had kind of this frothiness that I think we all saw. Everyone was trying to raise at the highest valuation because that was kind of the ego mark. But what we were looking at is how much money do we actually need? One, what is the team that we're going to then actually hire, and how quickly do we want do we want to run in a single direction? And I think that's the most important thing we did is we we moved s- slowly or diligently, I'd actually say, to figure out what direction do we need to move towards? What are the right companies? What are the right kind of industries that are actually finding the most value? And that's where we kind of found in the enterprise space, it's, it's very data heavy companies. So whether it be kind of the streaming, huge amounts of data, we're talking about our, our average customer in that space has three to five billion events a day. Um, and then look at kind of the SaaS world where with customers um, that are building very popular tools, that's kind of with that freemium model. They have mm-hmm. so many users, call it 100 to like 500 million monthly active users. Mm-hmm. And they were having to make a choice of not analyzing all that user base because the events that they created created with some, with some of our customers having to pay our competitors three to five million dollars a year for a product that is was not leveraging their data model. Hmm, interesting. And you know continuing off the idea of growth, is there any innovations or you know growth points that are, are coming up in the future that you're excited about? Yeah, I mean when you look at the AI space, um, I think what we're all seeing with it is it's going to be helping individuals, do more with less. And that's really what I would say Qubit is best at. So with what we're doing, um, I can speak to it kind of at a high level, but kind of using Gen I to empower people to reduce that time to insight, um, helping pull kind of making the, that mental model to help them kind of find based off of what people are searching or what we're seeing in the data, find those anomalies that may be, that may be able to lead them down the right path but doing so while, while augmenting their work. And I think when you think about AI and how to best, how it's gonna best be leveraged um, in the near future um, rather than in the long-term, is it, I believe it's gonna be in that augmentation space. It's gonna be helping people kind of do their job at a higher level. And I think this is what kind of the pundits mean when it, oh, AI is here to take your job. No, I think it just means that the people who best leverage it will be able to do more work than they previously had before. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. I completely agree. Well, Ryan, this has been a terrific conversation. As we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be advice, anything about Qubit, anything like that? Yeah, um, I want to just leave them with the idea that if you want to work in tech, if you want to work in startups, um, it's it's all about just that experience. I think for a little too long, we've been seeing people kind of forced down a certain path. You have to go to a certain school, do certain things. I'd encourage everyone to, to start with the first opportunity at hand. Um, we didn't really get into it at the start, but my first sales job, for instance, was selling Girl Scout cookies for my sister. Um, for me, that's how I got into sales. She didn't like going to, to knock on her neighbor's doors. I didn't mind. And so I think that's what you just kind of, that's what I've kept that same mentality going forward is don't be afraid to knock on people's doors. Um, I think the power of the cold email is probably, or the cold call is the greatest power people have. 
They just don't necessarily understand how to harness it. And what I mean by that is speak to people as if you ran into them on the street. Like be respectful of the fact that you're coming out of the blue, um, but have a specific question and have done that research. Understand why what you're what you're asking this person is relevant to what they're doing, and then tie that back in. Because I think what what you'll find a lot in tech and probably your listeners who are wanting to bone up or see some industry trends here may want to know is that tech is very inclusive and in that they want to help people. People who are successful want to help other people navigate a similar career path. And in this space, things are ever changing. So you can't copy exactly what people did. But I think the biggest and most important thing to do is talk to as many people as you can so that you can prepare for any future opportunity that may present itself. Mm -hmm. Terrific. Well, Ryan, I think this has been a very insightful conversation. I know I've learned a lot, um, you know, and I, I hope our listeners have too, but thank you so much for taking the time to break down Qubit, all of the insights. You know, I think this was a terrific conversation. I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. Yeah, great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io w-r-i-t-e-f-o-r-m-e dot i-o and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen keep slaying it y'all